Sportsfan.com. ESPN uh, Central Texas. Kurt Bowles joining us, the esteemed columnist from the Austin American Statesman on the Mosley Show. Kirk, it's always fun to, to visit with you. And, and man, this you got this last go-round with the Big 12, but you got this preview now as you go to Tuscaloosa to face Bama. This has got to be an interesting time because you've kind of seen it all. You've seen the Big 12 almost break up. You've now seen it get you know stay together and and seem to prosper you've seen the horns leave um it is this has got to be an interesting season for you as you go week to week and look at your schedule uh, we don't do dull in austin matt uh, you know that. Uh, <laughs> if, there, if there's not drama going on we'll create some in the, in the next five minutes so uh yeah you could say it's interesting it's i mean home and home with alabama and they're not even in the league yet yeah, it didn't get a whole lot better than that. Yeah, and and this is interesting too with this Jalen Milrow being from Katy, uh, committed to the Longhorns back in the day, idolized Vince Young. Um, th- this is going to be an interesting matchup because he's he's got some experience, but not a lot. So Texas comes in with the more experienced quarterback. Um, I mean, that, that to me would be a great opportunity for the Longhorns to take advantage of this guy's inexperience. As you've kind of examined and talked to people, I'm sure, who know Jalen, Sark knew him, he recruited him there. Um, what do you kind of gathered about him? Obviously, he's going to have a ton of talent. But to me, this would give the Horns quite an opportunity to try to take advantage of his inexperience. Well, it should be in Texas' favor. I mean, It'd be a little bit more in favor if it was at the DKR Stadium. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Milroy will kind of be boosted by the home crowd, and uh, I, th- I think Alabama and Texas crowds are a little bit similar. Matt, I think you know if you go in expecting to win, everybody's kind of laissez-faire. Okay, all right, entertain me, but they'll be into this one, and I think that'll help Milroy a lot because uh, you know I think he'll feed off the energy of the crowd. I mean, obviously. You look at what he did last week. What do you have? Two touchdowns rushing, three touchdowns passing. Oh yeah, no other Alabama quarterback has ever done that. I mean, you're not supposed to do that in your second start. I mean, <laughs> come on. And and we all know how good a dual threat he is. You know, and he and he, he's not he's not a little guy by any means. So, you know, he cr- creating rushing lanes that aren't there is going to be a huge factor in this game. Will Texas spy on him? You know, I asked uh, uh, Jalen Ford, Texas All-America linebacker candidate, about that. And he said, well, we might, we might not. I don't know how you would not, you know. Yeah. I mean, to me, Matt, that may be the biggest factor, just, you know, how Texas handles a crowd, especially when they have adversity, which you know will come. But they just can't get him loose. If he goes for 100 yards on the ground, Texas may be in for a long day. Kirk, I see that you have the Longhorns in your AP poll vote outside of the top 10 and Alabama inside the top three. So making this an upset, of course, on the road. But for you, why is this Texas squad not a top 10 program as it sits? I would say offensive line primarily. I mean, you know, I had them in my top 10 in my preseason poll, but they did not impress that much against Rice. I was was looking for a top 10 team that controls from – 
the final whistle to the final gun or the starting whistle. And I just didn't see that. I mean, they were very bad in the first half. I think they were like three and nine on third downs. They led 16 to three. Uh, I don't think they were ever really in any danger of losing, but you know, a top team, top 10 team, you want to come out and dominate. And, uh, and it's interesting though, Matt, I think in some ways, even though maybe they didn't look like a top 10 team, Maybe that works out in their favor a little bit because I know Nick Saban takes everything. He takes breakfast serious. I mean, you know, nothing gets past him. But maybe in the <laughs> Alabama players' mind, well, they struggled at home against Rice. Uh, they beat Texas last year with their, you know, B game or C game. I mean, if you remember last year, they had, they had 15 penalties for 100 yards and did not play well. Will Anderson didn't have one of his best games. But they still managed to win, you know, partly because they're Alabama, probably. So maybe the fact they didn't look that great uh, in the opening week, maybe that plays to their advantage a little bit mentally. Kirk Bowles joining us on the Matt Mosley Show. Drake Toll also uh, with us as usual, three to five. Um, and, and, and Kirk, let's let's be honest, Sark, from what I've read. He just didn't want to show anything, right? It's like a it's like a Cowboys preseason game. He just exactly. kind of he didn't want to really show anything to the other team. So we'll see. I mean, this is such an opportunity, though, early in the season, and and for yours to establish, hey, I'm the guy. I, I've gotten a lot of accolades. They ha- haven't always been based on that much. What do you remember in in this game last year? He really, and I guess he got banged up, didn't he, at some point in that game? He did some really good things, especially early in that game, that made everybody think, okay, maybe this guy is going to live up to the billing. Where are you on on yours right now? And and are you kind of buying into this, hey, he cut his hair, he seems to be better leader, um, maybe a little bit more grounded? Where, where are you with yours as you head into this big game? You know, I'm all over the place. I'm really all over the place. And Sark and Quinn have made a big deal about this, how he's more comfortable. And I think, and I've told a lot of my friends in the media, that I think probably we expected too much too quickly out of him because, as we all know, he skipped his senior year at South Lake Carroll. He went to Ohio State, got in like two snaps in mop-up duty. Then he transfers to Texas, whole new coaching staff, whole new system, and as you said, he, he kind of changed up his uh, his look, his demeanor, everything. He's not a great leader in terms of the typical description of a leader, Matt. He's not a rah-rah guy. He doesn't have tremendous preference uh, presence, but he's he's very comfortable. He's very uh, unflappable, very calm, very poised. Uh, he's had a problem. Uh, being accurate, especially on deep balls. He was 0 for 7 on passes of 20 yards or more against Rice, and that was a problem last year, is that they just he couldn't connect with Xavier Worthy on the deep ball, and uh, that's something he's got to overcome. So, and the other interesting thing about that is that he doesn't get rattled, but I don't know how special he is yet. I mean, he's played, I guess, what, 11 games now? He's like 7-4, and four. Um, Last year he completed, what, 58% of his passes. So he doesn't have that cannon for an arm like Malik Murphy, the backup. So, But he's got a quick release, a very easy motion, and a whole lot of confidence. And I think 
he's about 20 pounds lighter, so he's quicker on his feet. He's not a big threat to run, but he can run. Kirk, uh, if if Texas goes into Tuscaloosa and gets a win against Alabama on Saturday night, obviously the, the hype is going to be there. Texas will be a top-five program in the college football playoff conversation, but all of that is the big if. It's the if Texas gets the win. What do the Longhorns have to do to make that a reality? Well, you know, like I said about Jalen Milroy, don't let him go off. If he has you know, two or three 25, 30-yard runs, you know, that spells danger for – for Texas, they can't let him get loose. They got to keep him in the pocket, make him a thrower. You know, make him throw thirty-five times or more. Obviously, they you know they got the big run from Jason McClellan last year. He had an eighty-one-yard touchdown run, and that was huge because you know Alabama didn't run the ball that well. They I think they only had like one hundred sixty-one yards of that game. So avoid that big gainer, uh, whether it's uh, McClellan. Uh, or if it's uh, Milrow on the ground, or if it's uh, Jermaine Burton through the air, try to avoid giving up that big play. And, and then the obvious special teams. And, and I expect them to be aggressive. You know, maybe not quite as aggressive as against Rice when he went for it on fourth and two in his own 33 on yeah. the very series. But I like that approach because you, you don't beat Alabama by being conservative and trying not to lose. And I think – Sark would just let it all hang out. I think he's going to, you know, show all the tricks in his bag in this one. Isn't that, isn't that interesting when you play your mentor? He's not really his mentor, but he's someone he respects, and he kind of helped rehab Sark's career. So Sark probably has tremendous respect, but you can't go in there like thinking like that. It's like, yeah, I respect this guy, but I also got to punch him in the mouth a little bit. And he mentioned, Matt, he mentioned uh, uh, him as a mentor to him. His two big mentors are, are him and Pete Carroll when they were at uh, USC together. So it goes beyond just respect. He, I think he learned a lot in terms of, like, organization and just kind of overseeing the whole program. And, you know, what's interesting about that because, you know, he's got this great reputation as a quarterback whisperer, but the quarterback play hasn't been, you know, exemplary you know, for two years plus that he's been here. And the last year in the Rice game, it's been the defense, you know, that has been more impressive. So that speaks to the balance that he wants as a head coach. Like, you know, Nick Saban has always kind of been a, a defensive guy first, and then he embraced the whole dual threat and spread offense and all that, and then all hell breaks loose. And you, Nick just has a monster on his hands. So, but this this means everything to Sark. It's year three. He's 14 and 12. He's 0 and 3 against top five teams and 3 and 5 against top 25. So he needs to make his mark. He needs to make his bones. It's time for that signature win. You know, like Daryl did in his first year. Fred Akers went 11 0 with Earl Campbell as a Heisman winner in his first year. You know, Mac Brown started out 2 and 0 against Oklahoma and Nebraska. Uh, so it's time for him to kind of get over the hump and have a big win like this one would be. Well, Kirk, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm the new guy to the show, the 22-year-old yeah. kid, and last week, of course I couldn't pick Texas State to beat Baylor. That would be <laughs> way too poppy, but you know what I did? Not only did we talk to G.J. Kinney, I read your article last week about G.J. Kinney and what he was bringing to Texas State, and it scared me. Obviously, that sentiment was warranted, 
doesn't seem, based on what you saw in DJ Kenny and what you wrote, that this was as shocking as it was to a lot of Baylor fans because this guy's got it. He's got it. He's got the it factor. And, you know, part of the things that I wrote about in the story is he's been around great coaches. You know, he's been around, you know, Doug Peterson and Jeff Trader at UTSA and, and Gus Malzahn and uh, Chip Kelly, Ryan Day, Steve Spagnoli. Just go down the list. And he's, you know, he was in the NFL for three years, threw one preseason touchdown pass, and that was his entire career. So he absorbs stuff. And basically, I think it's Philadelphia Eagle South. You know, they, they copy their drills. They run very similar programs. Uh, he has 90-minute practices. So he's just kind of – he's new school in like that. But he's also old school in, in a great high school quarterback at Canton and at Gilmer under Jeff Trader. And so he's kind of changed. Jake Spavital, you know, he just – he was Dion before Dion, yeah. you know. I think he had maybe 10 high school signings in his four years there. And uh, it's going to be just the opposite for, for G.J. Kinney. But he is going to use the portal. He's got T.J. Mm-hmm. Finley, you know, a quarterback from LSU and Auburn. And this six seven guy, you know, he was impressive. And the other thing, guys, is I was just shocked how he, they bullied Baylor, out physical Baylor. Yeah. And I think probably was a shock to Baylor fans and probably Dave Aranda as well. So, you know, I don't know if they'll turn around and beat UTSA, you know, week two, but boy, they sure opened some eyes in week one. They opened up uh, our eyes, and uh, yeah, we're trying to still uh, move past it as we get to ready for <laughs> Sawyer Robertson from Lubbock Coronado High School by way of Mike Leach's Mississippi State team. And so, uh, Kirk, that'll be kind of fun. I, I was, we were having the conversation earlier of how galvanizing it can be for a fan base. If you've got a young quarterback, he doesn't have to be perfect, but if you have a kid that's new to the fan base and that performs pretty well, like it's easy to get excited about that. And Baylor has that opportunity, and they don't have much tape on him, Utah. So uh, I may be being too optimistic, but I, I'm kind of excited to see what the young man can do against the, uh, the high-flying Utes. Yeah, we're going to see what he learned. And, you know, Blake Shapin didn't tear up the world, but, you know, he had some good numbers. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You wish they were playing somebody a little easier than Utah because I watched that Utah-Florida game from beginning to mm-hmm. end. And you talked about, you know, beating them up at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, Cam Rising, the quarterback at Utah, was out. I don't know if he's supposed to play this week or not. But that's a physical team, and that's kind of – you know, the M.O. for Utah. I think they're going to come in here and, and just tear it up in the Big 12 because, you know, Kyle Whittingham, you know, maybe they're one of the most uh, steady and underrated coaches in college football. So it, it seems like they're never bad. You know, they won the Pac-12 the last two years in a row. So yeah. it'd, be, it'd be nice to see, you know, Bader bounce back. And I, I know they will. I'll give their, they'll give a hell of a lot more effort. But uh, that's going to be a tough, tough call for the Bears. Mm-hmm. We're all now uh, we're experts on on uh, coaches' uh, uh, body language, right? Aranda suddenly is uh, his crossing the arms and no expression is not really resonating with the fan base. We know how that works uh, when things go wrong. Uh, Kirk, this was fun. Please take a picture for us of the the show band. Uh, what do they call them? The 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 show band of the Southwest. Uh, that University of Texas band will be up very, very high 
uh, in Tuscaloosa, as you've documented, uh, they're getting the Longhorns back for the way they were treated last year. Which, by the way, this kind of happens now across a lot of college football. The bands get stuck way up high, but that has been kind of funny. Please take a picture of that for us and, and put that on Twitter. Well, I, I'll try to get a telephoto lens, and but my binoculars, <laughs> like, okay, but uh, I'll be on the lookout for them. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. We appreciate it. Have a have a safe trip. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate it. You you bet. There he goes, Kirk Bowles, the uh, longtime writer, Austin American statesman, knows those Longhorns well, and uh, went to went to UT, and he never left Austin. He's been there for about forty years now. Continues to do a great job both writing and podcasting. So fun to have uh, Kirk on with us on the Matt Mosley Show, Drake Toll, and uh, Aaron Sexton as we roll on with our day.